This episode of Locked on Cardinals, we put our differences aside and we start to look forward to this Arizona Cardinals playoff game, the first Monday night playoff game in the history of the NFL. Can the Arizona Cardinals pull off the upset of the Los Angeles Rams in the path to doing so? And could they have some key players back in the lineup for that game come Monday night? And the Cardinals also getting the full Monday night football treatment. We'll explain. It's Bo, it's Alex, it's Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rise up, Red Seeds, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, and it's Locked On Cardinals, a day after we had a little bit of a dispute. Yeah, we threw down. Didn't expect it to happen. Uh, the emotions got the best of Alex, and, um, you know, <laughs> it was just the ramblings of a madman on Tuesday's episode of Locked On Cardinals. But look, that's what you get from this podcast. That's what you get. You get two kind of contrasting opinions about this team that everybody likes to follow, and, and we both want them to s- succeed, no doubt about it. We just have different ideas of how this organization can get there, how they're slumping. Obviously, I think both of us agree there, but why they're slumping, that's where we also uh, can't agree on things. If you missed it, check it out. Obviously, uh, free on all platforms. You can check it out wherever you find podcasts. And, of course, on our YouTube page. Please subscribe if you haven't done so to our YouTube page. Great content right there already. I mean, I have no clue how many episodes we've done. Obviously, the whole season is there doing it. Every weekday, Monday through Friday, uh, absolutely check it out uh, on YouTube. Subscribe. You'll get notifications anytime we drop a new episode. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnAZCards. Follow Alex at Clancy's Corner and follow me at Bob Brack. I tweeted out recently some interesting stats. I think it's probably the major issue for the Arizona Cardinals right now because if you look at their statistics as a whole over the last couple games during this slump, You'd say, hey, things aren't bad. When you look at Kyler Murray's numbers as a whole, not bad. He's taking care of the football. You know, the as far as the touchdowns, the interceptions ratio, it's not bad. Where are they struggling? There's one very big uh, department where they aren't getting it done. And when it comes to Monday night, they better figure it out. Uh, otherwise, they're just going to be dead in the water. There's been a lot of talk, Alex, about, especially in the, in the YouTube comments about this podcast, as, as far as our negativity. I think when it comes to locked on Cardinals, we're realistic. This team is is trending in the wrong direction. If we were to come out, open the mics, and say, "Hey, let's be positive," just to be positive, uh, that would be disingenuous, and we don't want to do that to our audience. We want to have a real conversation about this team, and regardless of where who we feel like the blame is on, this team still it's won once in its last five games. Yeah, and I mean, I. I, I've been using the phrase happy to be here uh, maybe a little too much recently, but it's kind of been a, I was cautioning towards this midway through the season where it's like, hey, they're going to make the playoffs. Let's see how if they if that elevates their game or if they, you know, kind of take a few steps back and they've done the latter and they've they're the dec- dictionary definition of backing into the playoffs where they could have won the division if they won a game on Sunday where the, with, against a team that had nothing to play for. Let's like, the, that's yeah. where we are right now. That's But that's just a fact, that they played well in the beginning of the year, they haven't played well at the end of the year, and we'll see what Arizona Cardinals uh, team comes out. And sure, listen, in the comments, injuries, I get it, okay? Everybody's injured. DeAndre Hopkins, like, this is actually... 
I was arguing with people early, early in the year that he wasn't getting a lot of targets. Like, aside from being a decoy, DeAndre Hopkins has never been the focal point of this offense this whole year. It's been James Conner. Like, if you had to pick one of the two, the offense runs through James Conner, which is obviously easier when you're a running back to get the ball handed off and not having to run routes as much. But injuries happen to everybody, and players have not stepped up as of the last handful of weeks. But it's a mindset thing also, and I think that part of this has to do with the fact that they saw playoffs and took their foot off the gas. Well, I mean, we I want to take a departure from the reason yeah, of, sure. of why, but let's just use this analogy as a student. If, if you're a student and you have failed your last four out of five and you have a big test on the way, the confidence level from the parents, the, st- the teacher, the student probably has all the confidence in the world in himself that he's going to be able to figure this out. But if you were just going to go off just performance, you failed four times out of the last five attempts. And, and then you can start to look at, is it studying habits? Is it, is it comprehension? Is it the teacher? Is it the student? Is it the parents? You can look at all of that. But regardless, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, Big test on the way. It's crucial. You get to pass. They're just going to pass. They're just going to get it done. Now, the Arizona Cardinals won 11 games this season. There's There was a ton of success. There was the most success that this organization has seen since 2015. There's no doubt about it. Uh, as a whole, overall, as this organization goes, you say, hey, job well done. You defied the odds. You defied what people said about you before the season began, where you were the favorite to finish last in the division. You finished second. You had the opportunity into the regular season finale to win the division title, and you fell short. Sure, that's disappointing, but overall, success. You won 11 games. You're in the big dance. Kyler Murray missed three games, but still a pretty solid season from the third-year quarterback. So, And I think that Cliff Kingsbury, as far as the play calling, it took steps forward. Regardless of what you say about the last six games, it took steps forward as far as what we wanted to see from this team. Now, listen, yeah, listen, I'm going to stop you right there really quick before we move on. You were the one in the middle of the season that said expectations have changed. Sure. So now we're kind of regressing back to where the season started, where if you said they win 11 games, skip it to Duda, rainbows, butterflies coming out of your keister. Like, I get that. But with the with the changed expectations midseason, when they started 10 and 2, it's like you can't have both. It's are you happy to be here with the 11 wins? Because the happy to be here thing is when the season started. If I told you 11 wins, kumbaya, right. for sure, across the board. But how it happened with the renewed expectations midseason, that's where I'm kind of seeing the disconnect. Sure. And, 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 that's all. And I'll, I'll completely – here's the context of that. I said that if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, if you're if you're any part if – if you follow this organization – in any walk of life, if, if you're part of it, if you're a fan, if you're just watching and you like to watch the Cardinals play football, the expectations absolutely should have risen because of what you saw this team is capable of early in this season. And, and with that, it should raise the expectations to if this team isn't competing in the NFC Championship game, you have every right to be disappointed. Because even with the injuries to DeAndre Hopkins, and we'll see what happens with J.J. Watt, and we're going to talk about that here in the next few minutes. But even with them not being available during the stretch run, you should absolutely be completely disgusted with how things ended. You should be disappointed now. But overall, it's not a failure. 
that's the way I'm, that's the way I see this. And that's the way I, I, and you can go back to that podcast as far as what the new expectations should be, because this team showed it's fully capable of contending with any team in the, in the league and anything short of, of, you know, just winning football games with this group is a disappointment because of what they proved. It wasn't, because to me, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't they were just getting lucky and they're riding the coattails of a of a talented quarterback in Kyler Murray. That certainly played into a lot of the success. But overall, as far as how this team has trended in the wrong direction, it it comes down to on the team as a, why why they're not uh, why they're not performing where they were at the beginning of the season. And everybody has the right to be disappointed at this point. It, it's not like as I said, as you mentioned, with rainbows and blood, butterflies. Like no, like nobody's feeling that. And, and I don't think any, I hope none of our listeners are like, well, I, you know, it doesn't mean you can't believe in this team. You should. If they fall short on Monday night, you should be disappointed. But as a whole, I don't think it's a, it's not a failure. It's a, it's a success as far as what this organization has been able to accomplish and where they came in just a few short years from 2018. I mean, look at the Giants. The Giants haven't been a winning team at any point in the season for five straight years. That is absolutely just disgusting uh, so, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here right. and say, hey, it's perfect. This is how I wanted things to end. And we'll just, you know, just brush it off as a success and move forward. I'm not saying that. Sure. And, and, and we're going longer a little bit. And we'll yeah. we'll go into more uh, micro stuff that we're going to talk about as the rest of the pod and throughout the rest of the week. But there's two different schools of thought that are bashing against each other. One, 2018 be happy. Two, it's a lifetime achievement of Cliff Kingsbury coming up short. Those are the two things that are fighting against each other where you give Cliff credit, not you people will give Cliff credit from going from five wins to 11 in three years. Absolutely. You have to give credit for that, but also when it counts, he's not there to execute properly win loss wise. Those are just facts that we've seen through his first three years. That's not, it's just win loss. That's all we're saying. And then people happy that Cliff has got the, doldrums of 2018 and other people that are like you know what it still isn't good enough it's a year-to-year thing and the lifetime achievement of cliff coming up short is something that's reigning supreme now with some of the fan base that i think those are the two things that are just that's the debate it's are you happy now or are you looking at the full grand scheme where some people think you should have been here but look at what he's done this year it's still not good enough i think those are the conversations that are intertwining with each other just different time parallels i mean it's like it's like Inception or what's that show with, with the robots that come to life? Come on, the HBO show with the robots come to life. Westworld? Yeah, it's okay. like Westworld where there's like three different timelines and mm-hmm. we're all arguing like it's the well, same thing. I just figured it out. I just figured out Arizona Cardinals Twitter. I guess. It's it's a brutal place to be regardless of where you stand as far as the, uh, the Cardinals Twitter. It, it's tough right now. Uh, there is great conversation, though, at Locked on Cardinals, at Clancy Corner, at Bob Rack. Uh, we'll get into the big issue for the Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion, and also J.J. Watt, the potential of him playing against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, that, of course, coming up. But it is a new year. It is, uh, of course, we've all got our New Year's resolutions, and I've got like a secret weapon that everybody needs to know about if your New Year's resolution is getting fit or just eating healthier. And of course, it's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Built Bar. Add it to your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that ca- tastes like a candy bar. It's probably even better than a candy bar. And if you want to eat healthy, 
you know that it gets boring. Like three weeks in, you're like, this is just not worth it. Where the hell's the chocolate? But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they they contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and that's 17 grams of muscle packing protein compared to a candy bar where why would you put this in your body? It's not fuel. It's just going to drag you down because it's about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and just dozens of net carbs and no protein at all. So if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can still eat healthy and Built Bar, that's the way you can do it. Right now, save yourself some cash in the new year. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at at, uh, Built.com. I got a big brain suggestion for the Arizona Cardinals and how they approach the postseason. Cliff Kingsbury. Tell it to me. We we know his struggles. We know the last two seasons, his team out like, to, to borrow a phrase from the past, like gangbusters. Good in the beginning of the season, bad at the end of the season. Approach the playoffs like the beginning of a new season. There you go. Problem That's solved. almost as dumb as my score more <laughs> points than the other team, and you'll win every game you play. Problem solved. Pretend it's week one. Yeah. <laughs> week one of the, of the postseason, Cliffy boy. Oh, man. If it was only so easy. I mean, I think really what, what the biggest difference between – uh, I, I really feel like there's a, there's a problem with execution, and with that, obviously, it's it's personnel. DeAndre Hopkins uh, being out of the lineup has, has been a big issue for this Arizona Cardinals team, especially in the red zone. But Luke Lipinski recently tweeted it out that the Cardinals were seven and zero, putting up thirty two point one points per game with DeAndre Hopkins before the Bay. They're four and six, averaging just over twenty two points per game since. Uh, Look, I mean, that's that's that simplifies things for you a little bit as far as the offensive side of the football. And I think the biggest issue is in the red zone. A guy that scored eight of his touchdowns in that area. And like Kyler Murray's numbers, Alex, the last three games, he's thrown four touchdowns, but he hasn't thrown any picks. And you're like, okay, he's taking care of the football. His completion percentage is around 70. Like those aren't bad numbers, on, you know, if, if you're looking at it. But it's kind of a facade and it covers up the issues that are in when they're close. Because he's not completing at a high mark. He's, you know, inside the 10, he's completing around 41, 42% of his passes. And that's just not getting it done. And it's probably because he's missing his main playmaker in that area. Yeah, you know, uh, and also because they focus on the run so much in the red zone, those things are kind of skewed a little bit also that James Conner's been the the golden goose when it comes to that area. But yeah, yeah I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is an interesting um case study I guess with since he's come to the Cardinals where he had a massive target share in the first year and then you know it dwindled this year it's just like using him too much as a decoy do he and Kyler Murray not like it how about this let me ask you this is it because he's not lightning fast that Kyler Murray and he can't hook up enough like he Kyler Murray obviously on third and five or shorter throws the ball down the field. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they do. And that's all they do. It seems that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's go route. It's slot fades. It's whatever it is down the sideline. And I think that specifically is where they're missing Deandre Hopkins. He's the best possession receiver in the NFL. It's also wide receiver one, in my opinion, he yeah. can run to the sticks, turn around and catch anything thrown to him. They're missing that. Plus AJ green, is really coming back to earth for the first time ever where he's dropping balls. He usually doesn't drop. Um, I don't know. Like DeAndre Hopkins is an interesting case study because their offense was humming when he was on the field. 
even though he wasn't producing the numbers we grew, we'd come to expect from him because he has to have a spy somewhere that's taken that player away from the rest of the field where other players can perform. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really an anomaly. If, if, if you follow the statistics, if you follow the last few games, you should be very uh, skeptical as far as the Cardinals' ability to fix the problem in the red zone. But I, I do have a couple ideas of my own as far as how they can remedy their their issues in the in the red zone. But, you know, as, as far as what you're saying, he is a solid possession receiver in a possession receiver in the red zone, especially the caliber of, of DeAndre Hopkins, who rarely ever drops the football, is is a weapon that doesn't just grow on trees. Like, you just can't find it. You can, you can put Antoine Wesley in there if you want to, but he's not going to give you this, produce you the same results. Same thing goes for A.J. Green. Same thing goes for Christian Kirk. Uh, but when you look at things and where they struggle – um, and I want to also answer what you were talking about as far as the, the third and short situations and why he wouldn't look DeAndre Hopkins' way. But in the red zone, A.J. Green, Kyler Murray's 4 for 14 targeting A.J. Green. It, it, and a lot of it's, you know, fade routes, which if you looked at numbers, there, there was a case against the fade years ago. It was, it was like a very low percentage play with whoever you're throwing to uh, it was like 33% completion percentage. It's just not good. And we've got A.J. Green, who lacks the ability to get separation any longer. He's not as athletic as he once was. Unfortunately, I don't know why Kyler continues to target him in that area. When you look at a guy like Christian Kirk, who he catches six of his eight red zone targets, and he's got three touchdowns. And if you look at him the previous season, he was 9 for 14 in catching targets thrown his way for four touchdowns. And they've gotten away from Christian Kirk. And I know you hate it, but it's like it's almost a necessary evil like to get cute because Christian Kirk is, is the guy that you could get cute with as far as, you know, little touch passes or shovel passes or throws behind them because he's so good in space. I don't know why they haven't tried to do that or even just try to get separation in the end zone. I just think he's a better option than A.J. Green. Just don't even look A.J. Green's way. Yeah. You know, it's and here's the thing. And like I've I've texted with Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers and and Locked On uh, Today. Uh, he's one of our favorites here, like about Devontae Adams. Yeah. If Devontae Adams can get open on the goal line whenever he wants, it's a play calling and route running thing. He is always open. It's the one play. Seriously, one play. He goes in motion. It's 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 a fake je- it's a fake handoff to him and he's wide open on the other side of the field every single time for a touchdown. Yeah. And it's just like if you need to get if you need a kind of like a snap back to reality of oh it's hard to get wide receiver ones open in the red zone. No it's not. No it's not. And it's it's a scheme thing and you're right. Christian Kirk like he's electric. Yeah. So maybe I'm giving Christian Kirk too much flack when he's not getting the opportunities as the first option on, on, on in a route tree in a play. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's not. Maybe, and maybe, like, I don't know why he's not in the slot more. Like, I don't know why he's not. I just don't get it. And this could be Kyler. And what was the stat you put out about his intermediate passing? Didn't you, didn't you, put a, didn't you tweet out a stat about that also? More about, about the red zone. I was going to look into that as far as how he's improved from an intermediate passing over between I mean, He's getting a lot of balls. He's year. getting a lot more balls batted down this year, it seems like, than he did last year. Because they're trying to keep him in the pocket where yeah. the defensive linemen in the pocket. So, may, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's a lot. Like, I'm, you can see this is very fluid. We don't know what can be fixed. It feels like the Dallas game was like everything was clicking yeah. against a good defense. And then we've completely regressed back to, to the Detroit game even. Yeah, and, and, and it comes down to, to pressure and keeping Kyler Murray, you know, where he can, he can make plays. And when you looked at the Seattle game and, and on the other side of things and how Russell to extend plays 
and he was doing it in a difference from Kyler Murray, where Kyler Murray was uh, taking sacks and making negative plays, where Russell Wilson was just finding open players. Uh, you know, the red zone, it comes down to come Monday night, we don't know the availability of James Conner. You know, he's got the he's got the ribs injury, and that, that would be a big loss for the Cardinals because that's that should be your number one move right there as far as James Conner pounding the rock and keeping it simple as far as play calling. Number two is Kyler Murray's leg, something that we saw last year early, which was so uh, it was money in the bank, and we haven't seen a lot of it this year. We saw it against Dallas where he had the rollout and he found Antoine Wesley. Like, see, let's see more of that. You know, Antoine Wesley, I think it's two for five catching uh, targets in the red zone, for, and both of them are touchdowns. So maybe Antoine Wesley is, an, is, a, is a guy that you need to look to more. Just get away from A.J. Green. And Zach Ertz, obviously, he means Zach Ertz was a huge red zone target for Colt McCoy. Take from Colt McCoy's playbook. Utilize the tight end in the, in, in the red zone. I know at the end of the game against Seattle, there was a missed opportunity, a missed pass from Kyler Murray that would have hit Ertz for a touchdown in that game. It, you know. Who knows what we, they ended up taking the field goal? It, it's still you still lose that game by uh, you know more than enough points. But and you know what? There's options. And, and, and before you before you pivot here, really quick, one more thing. Maybe they need to run the ball three times inside the five. Like like they've completely gone away from just like if you have Derrick Henry, and I'm not comparing James Conner to Derrick Henry. If you have Derrick Henry, or you have Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon with the best quarterback in the NFL now, run the ball inside the red zone. They still inside the five yard line. It's bully ball. The the fastest point between A and B is a straight damn line. Mm-hmm. So throwing on first down, first gives more opportunity for holding holding penalties or false starts because you have to check at the line. If you can just run the ball up the gut three times or run it up twice and run the and run the play action of Kyler Walton in the end zone by the pylon, maybe they need to go back to running the ball more. Like that's something I I don't know. I mean it'll it'll help Kyler. It keeps the defense honest. James Conner is an absolute world beater inside the five yard line. He has four touchdowns against the Rams this season. He has two in each game. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that. Yeah. You, know, you hope that he's available. He, he exited the last game, the loss against the Seahawks with a, a rib injury, which is something that's happened a lot to this team this year. I mean Rodney Hudson, uh, Chase Edmonds. Hopefully Chase Edmonds is available. I think Chase Edmonds actually is a, just a better back for this offense. Uh, between the 20s as far as just moving the football as far as his speed goes. But we'll get more into those conversations. But that's that's an issue with the with the Cardinals in the red zone here on Lockdown Cardinals. Part of your Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, follow him on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow me at Bob Rack. And, of course, follow the show at Lockdown AZ Cards. Uh, we will talk to somebody from the Rams media about this team that's been struggling. Like, if you look at the Rams the last couple games, they haven't been world. Be- they struggled to be without uh, Lamar Jackson. They lost to the 49ers, a team that the Cardinals beat. They got swept by the 49ers this season, the team that the Cardinals beat twice. So, uh, and, and Matthew Stafford, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it again. He's struggling. He's got eight turnovers in his last three games. So, uh, we'll get into the conversation more, hopefully, with somebody that's got some insight on this Rams team. Uh, going forward. Uh, this this episode, of course, of Locked on Cardinals is uh, brought to you by our friends over at GetUpside. And you're like, what's GetUpside? Well, it's for anybody who buys gas. They need to know about this incredible app. GetUpside. Our listeners are making upwards of 25 cents every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Not upwards. They're making 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. They just downloaded the GetUpside, the App Store, Google Play. Do it right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's 50 cents cash back. 
Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. You get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two, $300 a month in cash back. And the cash back gets added right to your bank account. You can cash out anytime in your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon, other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for 50 cents per gallon cash back. Your first tank, that's the code Touchdown, Alex. BetOnline.ag, the Arizona Cardinals are four-point dogs going into L.A. Monday night. We'll see what happens. There is, We'll talk uh, throughout the week about DeAndre Hopkins' availability, J.J. Watt's availability. If they both come back, what do you think? Half a point? Maybe? Probably. I feel like this number is going to stick, and it's going to be it's going to be the public that kind of shifts it here. But regardless of where it lands, BetOnline.ag has you covered for everything. They're wishing you a happy betting new year with uh, – a streamlined interface, the easiest mobile website, everything. So go there, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on to get started. Again, go to the website or use your mobile device today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing things the bet online has to offer in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Well, Brock, bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen, first watch each and every day in 2022. Obviously, last year, too, huge year for this podcast. A lot of success. Thanks to you, the listener, the viewer out there. Big thanks. If you have a YouTube channel, please do so. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Uh, the the national championship game the other night, there's one player where I'm just like, if the Arizona Cardinals, like I don't want them to be in a, in a top 10, top five drafting scenario, but if Steve Keim were to have to pull the trigger and move up in the draft, there's one player I want. It's the tight end who's a freshman for Georgia and Brock Bowers. My God, that kid's a monster. Yeah, he's pretty good at football. Like, I mean, he's I, like the... Uh, he was like the you know the Chris Olave from last year, where it's one target. He's got they got one guy, and obviously Ohio State has a million wide receivers now. And Chris Olave is like the third best one, but he's the one that sticks out. Where it's like everybody knows he's getting the ball, and he still continues to get the ball. Yeah, I mean he's an absolute he's a machine. It's an freshman. Absolute machine. He's a freshman, and uh, so yeah. we're at least two years away from seeing him. If, if Steve Kime is still in that position, uh, I know they've never invested in. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a top five tight end draft pick. That's what I'm saying right now. Uh, barring any injury, hopefully nothing like that happens. Um, you know, the third and short thing, I just wanted to get that to that because about the possession. Like DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like in those situations was a decoy. And, and there's been conversation on Twitter about why did the Arizona Cardinals, why do they go for those deep shots? And here's why, because the Arizona Cardinals are a big play offense. And if to uh-huh. use a golf analogy, if if you can always go for par. If you're a par golfer, do it. But if you can, if you've got the club in your bag and you can go for a birdie, you go for it. And third and one, third and three, those offer opportunities from the opposing defense for great looks from your offense to set up one-on-one high-probability matchups that the Arizona Cardinals haven't been executing. That's the big difference between uh, you know, them, the success that they had early in the season and what they're lacking right now. And you know, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins would play a decoy because he'd be underneath on those. And guys like A.J. Green would eat. Guys like Christian Kirk, and they have eat. They're, they're in top 10 as far as 25 yards or more passes in the NFL. But 
it, it's something they got to figure I mean, out. They missed against them in Seattle, I, and that against Seattle, and that that was a big difference maker. Why don't they just get the first down and go for it on first down? Like I don't get why it has to be on third and short when everybody in the in the arena knows they're going deep. Like at this point, it's like every third and two or third and three, they're going deep. It's no more running the ball up the gut. It's go for it in third and two, fourth down, run it up the gut with James Conner. It's like if if I'm noticing the big idiot that I am, if I'm noticing it, how how is our other defensive coordinators are paying millions of dollars to do their job not noticing it? It's two guys on the outside or one guy in the slot, one guy on the outside to a go route and a fade. And that's, that's the third down offense. It doesn't have to be low percentage, get a first down, move the chains slow. And we did this with the no risk and no biscuit. And it didn't work until he got Tom Brady, you know, <laughs> I like mean, it didn't really, it, it, it didn't it really has, land until he got Tom Brady. The, the problem is it has, it has, it has worked. I mean, Kyler Murray, despite missing three games, had more big play passes than Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott. And, you know, it's been there. But look, recent, recent history, it hasn't worked. Uh, you know, look at right. your last game. It hasn't worked. Um, at, at some point, you got to find a happy middle. And if you do have a guy like James Conner, you do have the ability of Kyler Murray to get out and run. To pick up, pick up a first down and, and be as far as moving the football and you know standing drives do that. You know it, it wasn't a problem with standing drives. I mean the team had what thirty five plus minutes of time of possession yeah. against the Seahawks and lost. Uh, it, it was because Russell Wilson was making plays and he was making plays when they counted. Arizona Cardinals weren't. You know so that that's going to be a big um, big thing going forward. And one more thing, like the the only difference between when it was working and when it wasn't is they were up two scores when they were doing it before. Yeah. Like as a, as a kill shot, as like a, as a nail in the coffin, third and two deep ball to put them up 17 with four minutes left. Sure. When you need a first down to sustain a drive because the defense had been on the field for six minutes and gave up a touchdown. When you need points, it's reckless is it, what it is. It's the, uh, the it's, it's, it's the, it's the lowest percentage play that you can pull out of the playbook on third and short. Well, I mean, it's the, the opportunities are there, and and I, the the what the reason like the defensive coordinators seem fine with conceding that is because you know they feel like w- with the personnel out there, we're going to let Antoine Wesley go one on one, and even with a step, we feel like it's maybe fifty fifty pulls it down. I don't know, but uh, it's it's frustrating. I, I hear the res- the frustration out there, absolutely, uh, but I also don't want the Arizona Cardinals to get away w- from who they were as an offense when they were successful, but it's the lack of complimentary football that's been killing this team. And it's like the defense did their job, right? And then the offense comes out, and if they don't, on third and short, uh, you know, continue the drive, that's gonna cr- that, that hurts the team. It gets away from where they can be successful. So exactly. It, it, the, the problem is the way that the plays are set up. And there are plays underneath that Kyler Murray could take, but if he doesn't have time to take, if he's got A.J. Green one-on-one, He's got to, in a split second, make that decision. He doesn't have time to also take a look at his progression, guys in, it, in his progression to throw to. And it's it's just kind of a catch-22. But the Arizona Cardinals need to figure out, like, if they can pick up the field, the, the, the first down, continue drives, continue to drain the opposing deep. I think that's the way to go, especially come Monday night against the Rams. Real quick, and we're going to get into this more uh, tomorrow in episodes going to you know, the Cardinals flagship station, one of our listeners pointed this out. We're saying that DeAndre Hopkins might be available for this game. Uh, unless him on crutches on Sunday was a complete smokescreen, I am very skeptical that DeAndre Hopkins would be available. Obviously, he hasn't been activated. Um, I just don't think that that's going to be an option for him. Now, J.J. Watt, 
I think there's a very real, if not just, I think he's going to play on Monday night. I mean, cool. <laughs> How good is he going to be? Like, I like it's. He's an absolute. He's uh, like a, a droid. <laughs> like the dude will play. He played the rest of the game with his shoulder separated from his body, you know, against the Texans. And for Rara, awesome. Is it worth? Who is it more? And this is inhumane, but we're talking employees of a football team, not like, like, is it more worth the risk for DeAndre Hopkins to play or JJ Watt to play? Because the reward, if JJ, if if DeAndre Hopkins is seventy five percent, and he can be a red zone guy, take three steps, turn around, catch ball, JJ Watt, he could he probably has a less severe injury at this point, but the impact, the ceiling isn't as high. I don't think. I think his impact, even if he plays 40, 50 percent of the snaps, if he can get in there, he just does all the things necessary that he can overcome a lack of being, you know peak athleticism like tapping into his, his skill set like if he's not 100 percent, if he's 75 80 percent and he's playing 50 percent in the snaps if he's going in there and being disruptive and just getting close to Matthew Stafford and getting him off his spot we know that Matthew Stafford becomes very pedestrian uh I, I just I would take J.J. Watt I would because secondary is right now the front seven needs to get back to that status where they need to play at an, an incredible clip. They have to play at a very high level for this defense to be successful like it was early in the season. J.J. Watt, Zach Allen has obviously taken a step uh, forward. So if you've got a rotation going where you've got Zach Allen, J.J. Watt, you've got the pass rushers on the edge, you've got Golden, you've got Chandler Jones, you've got Gardeck, you've got uh, – um, and then maybe you, you, you sprinkle in Simmons and Zayvon Collins – I mean, that seems like a. I like that. I love it actually. Uh, where we've seen, you know, DeAndre Hopkins as a decoy against the Rams the last time out, you know, and it worked against the Bears, but the Bears suck. Uh, it didn't work so much against the Rams. Um, so I don't know if, if he's not good to go. And both of them, here's where I'll say if both, if neither of them are cleared by a doctor and a doctor saying, hey, you're risking further injury beyond yeah. just playing football, just sit him. Just sit him. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, obviously. Because, I mean, it's never, football is never important, more important than long term health. No doubt. I mean, except for what, you know, actually comes into playing in the NFL. We're not asking you to be Ronnie Lott and get your finger cut off to go out there and play. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. It's been a fun couple episodes here. We're just getting started, though. We're going to get an extra day here because the Cardinals are playing on Monday Night Football. And the Manning cast is going to be there. They're going to get the full treatment. Uh, we'll get into it as well. Maybe we'll put it out there. If you don't get- love Eli Manning, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> he is the face. perfect complement to Peyton. It's like they've known each other. It's like Eli's known him his whole life. They are uh, perfect for each other. And Whoever's just, idea was that that was needs a raise at ESPN. And they already botched trying to like duplicate it in, in Major League Baseball. They're going to have A-Rod part of some Manning cast type. They failed there. It's not going to come close, but... Uh, I, are you going to watch the Manning cast? Because they've got interviews and stuff. Does it take from watching your team play? It could be a little frustrating. I I, I watched the Manning cast every time it was on Mon- during Monday Night Football. I almost forgot what the actual crew sounded like. Um, so, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Depends if, if the cards are winning or losing. It really is going to come down to that. <laughs> if I they're losing, I'll pop on Manning for sure. But I wouldn't mind see, I wouldn't mind to see what Peyton's thoughts are on Cliff Kingsbury's calls and, and Kyler Murray's execution. Oh. We'll see. 
We'll, we'll get like a. I mean, who can deny what Peyton Manning's thoughts are on it? And, it, and the cool thing about Peyton Manning, if, if an offense isn't run flawlessly, he gets pissed, which is great about the, the Manning cast as well. We'll get more into that conversation sure. uh, here coming up here on Lockdown Cardinals. Thanks for watching. Thanks for making us your first listen. Follow along on Twitter at, at Clancy's Corner, at Bob Rack, and of course, at Lockdown AZ Cards. Great content coming your way on a daily basis. Subscribe to the YouTube for God's sake. Let's get to two grand. We'll talk to you soon.